Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson, Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center in McHenry, Illinois. Um, we have developed the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Campus and are looking into our swimming pool next. So yeah. trying to find a, a pool that's appropriate. Tell me a little bit about dog swimming. Well, dog swimming, um, it, it's something that's natural to certain breeds, obviously, like the Labrador and the Retriever group, um, as well as other water dogs. But it's a natural way for them, especially if they have arthritic discomfort, to get the weight off, um, you know, as far as gravity is concerned, get the, the weight away from gravity so they can be in the water where they're buoyant and they can get a freer range of motion without feeling that discomfort. And a lot of dogs really like it. It's good therapy. The water feels good on the skin. They're able to get some good exercise as well. It's under a nice warm climate for the most part. A lot of the, the water pools are inside. Uh, there are some outdoor ones, obviously, in the summertime as well. But uh, what a great exercise for them. I know when I swim, I get tired. So it's really hard work. You think, well, you're just floating around in there. But no, it's, yeah. it's a lot of really good exercise. Soon you'll actually be able to come in here and wear your dog completely out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exercise is important because um, the movement reduces discomfort. We often think, well, if I'm sore, maybe I shouldn't do as much. But it's actually the opposite. You don't want to exert yourself if you had an injury or a pet has an injury. But at the same time, you want to have movement because it reduces the what they call nociceptors, which are pain receptors. Um, it also, if you are, your joints sit for a longer period of time, there could be adhesions actually form inside the joint. You mean just by not really being all that active? Right, just by not really? moving. So we've all sat, you know, through a long session, uh, maybe a class or something like that, and then you get up and you stretch. Yeah, and it, it hurts. feels stiff. It hurts because <laughs> yeah. you've been just sitting there, and that's the reason. Really? So movement. That's interesting. Helps to get uh, the the blood flowing. It gets the uh, reduces what they call the sympathetic nervous system. So while you sit, your sympathetics fire up. Okay. And that can create stress and inflammation. But when you're moving around, the parasympathetics kick in and block that response. So you feel better range of motion is better. Hmm. That's where swimming comes in. Really yeah. interesting. So what if like a dog doesn't want to do it or are they, they're scared of the water? Like, should you, how do you encourage them to keep going? Well, I, you know, you can start, if you really want them to swim, you could start with a wading pool, you know, wait till it's warmer weather and, and just get them used to that. But some dogs don't like the water. I mean, uh, Blanche, our golden retriever, uh, never liked the water. She hated baths. She hated you know, she hated everything. It was weird too, because the golden retriever you think would be going right for it. Yeah, Benjo loves it. He just dives right in. Yeah, the that. next dog. He actually dove into Lake Geneva. They have like this little place. It's pretty small, and you can take your dog over there and go swimming. Well, he swam. He loves it so much. You can't get him out of the water. Yeah, and you're not supposed to go in it at that location. And then like he took off actually into the lake, <laughs> <laughs> <He loved laughs> this, like way out. And it was like, okay, you need 
I don't even know how we got him back that time. I wasn't there that time, but yeah, he, he absolutely loves it. So the swimming pool is going to work out great. <laughs> it is. And um, if you're, you know, if your dog doesn't like it, you know, there are other methods for exercise, but you know, um, most dogs can be trained to swim. Hmm. Good, good. Um, I've seen a lot of like therapeutic pools too, where they kind of like hang the dog in kind of a harness. Mm-hmm. And then you can even get one that has like that wave action coming at you. So that's kind of cool too. Definitely. And especially for uh, severely arthritic dogs and, and, uh, and dogs who have uh, arthritis and have weight gain, trying to get them to lose weight. Um, you know, having a more controlled swim like that is, is better for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, um, it may be not so scary if they don't really care for it that much. Right. Cause you can gently just bring them down into the water. They feel secure in the harness and, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's often better for them, but uh, a lot of great uh, responses to water therapy. I mean, that's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really, know, it's really important for them, mm-hmm. especially after surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Very stiff after surgery, they're recovering, you know, they've, they've been inactive They're again, you know, they're going to build up some pain receptors. Um, so it's a great way to start off the exercise. It's a great way to move into spring. A lot of dogs come off the winter, get into spring, and then we're blowing knees because mm-hmm. we're too active. Mm-hmm. We're swimming, um, is a great way to get started, uh, to get in shape for the the warmer weather. So when they go out for a run or walk or play ball, mm-hmm. then they're not going to injure themselves as, as easily. And it, I mean, it's, it's sub-zero. It's so cold here yeah. right now yeah. <laughs> in, in Northern Illinois, we're in Ch- near Chicago. And I mean, it's hard to think about, <laughs> it's hard not to think about spring and hard to think about living through the rest of this until spring comes really is just right around the corner. So yeah. if you've been sitting around, now's a good time to kind of get, yeah. get going. Yeah, we have the indoor dog park, so it's a controlled environment to start getting some movement going. Uh, as soon as we get the pool, get some swimming going, uh, get in shape for that warmer weather. So it's pretty, it's really kind of surprising sometimes to see some of the dogs that do come in. Yeah. A lot of them have, you know, obesity issues. And then, you know, they just they can just hardly move. Their bodies just don't move anymore. Right. Especially when they reach that middle age, you know, about five to 10 years old mm-hmm. where, you know, the spay and neutering process reduces the hormones that keeps the muscle stronger. You can keep them lean, but over time, uh, the hormones, the androgens that usually would be used to produce testosterone or estrogen start to produce cortisone like substances, mm-hmm. which causes water weight gain. It can weaken the tendons, soften the muscle. Um, so they get you get a lot of joint laxity with that and you get a lot of muscle weakness or atrophy with that and uh, it can lead to a lot of injuries just, mm-hmm. you know, getting up off the floor, you know, and, um, yeah. and they kind of, they kind of like hobble around a lot. You, you'll see them when they come in mm-hmm. hobbling, um, kind of like holding, maybe holding on to certain spots in their body, like their, you know, their lumbar area. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see them just kind of tensing those areas. I don't know. It's just a little bit sad. Yeah. And it's, it's a vicious cycle because as I alluded to earlier, is that the less active they are, the more the sympathetics are kicking in, which affects the adrenal glands uh, because it's causing stress. It suppresses the thyroid, which reduces metabolism. You see, and then they become less. Yeah. You start the cycle. Mm -hmm. And uh, in order to break the cycle, it's just start off with movement. You know, it doesn't have to be huge, you know, uh, especially if they're uncomfortable 
but uh, you know, you should try to get up to 30 minutes of exercise at least daily, better twice a day. But obviously, if they haven't exercised for a while, you, just a five-minute walk first and a little bit of an increase every day is important. Yeah. You're really prone to injuries, too. If you decide, you, hey, we're all going to get in shape. The dog's going to get in shape. Let's go. It's, you can't do that. It's, it truly is a disaster. And we've seen it so many times. Like You just yeah. got to give it a break. Just don't go all for it all at once. Like the five minutes, the five minutes, the adding on the two minutes, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, because it, you get loosened up, you start stretching the muscles, you know, you start strengthening your muscles. Um, as the, it, it's just like horses, when you start to exercise them, the muscles get bigger. Mm-hmm. So uh, it makes sense if you start using those, they're going to get their tone back. Mm-hmm. And the tone is you've got good control between uh, relaxation and tension. Because if they're inactive, you get a lot of relaxation and then they go to use that muscle. There's not a lot of support there to, mm-hmm. to support that joint, especially in the knee. Knee is a big trouble area for dogs. Um, but cats are the same way. You know, they, uh, they can get arthritis and arthritic pain um, just as easily as dogs. But uh, they're a smaller animal, lighter animal, a little more dexterous. So you don't see it as, as often. But uh, those big tabbies that come in, you, they're very stiff. <laughs> You know? It's always a big tabby too. Yeah, they got <laughs> big tabbies so. get up to like 26, 28 pounds. Yeah, they're it can be big. huge. It's a big. And it's tab. always and sometimes a gray one, but it's very often a tabby. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Something in breeding or something. Yeah, they they seem it's to not be always. That. Those cats aren't always genetic. Uh, it's not always just like they ate too much. No, no, there's something it, in them that's a big, big cat. Yeah, you get that kind of mix between the northern forest cat and the tabby. So you get this big bodied cat and Northern forest cats are big cats. They can get up to 20 pounds, but they're lean. Mm-hmm. And so their, their bone structure isn't as big, but you put a, a tabby body on that. <laughs> it's a recipe for issues because, you know, like that compact chubby yeah. little body, but then wow. Yeah. And that's the classic, you know, if there is an obesity issue, that would be, the breed that would have that or the breed mix it's domestic mm-hmm. short hair but at the same time it's uh, they do have obesity problems most uh, other animals uh, can be a difference between under exercise and maybe too many calories going in um, and and stress stress plays a big factor as i mentioned mm-hmm. it sets off the sympathetics yeah. and gets the adrenals going so you're gonna you're gonna have some weight gain with that you know um one of the this it's a little bit controversial, but we, we do this custom holistic test and part of the test is emotions. So, you know, some skeptical people will see this part of the test that we do and say, dogs don't have emotions. This is stupid. And in reality, as part of this test, you measure um, the impact of the emotions around the animal. Mm -hmm. So it's the people's emotions, right? Exactly. Around this animal and it's very very revealing about like what's going on in people's you know life houses whatever and it's you know i mean it's a little tough for the owners to take sometimes sometimes they're like i don't have that in my house but you know then you jump from the screaming but um (laughs) literally happened to me um but so some of the emotions um that we see agrimony that's a big one people not getting along, um, anger, 
uh, what else do you usually see when it comes to the emotional screenings? Well, it, sometimes just a, um, you know, the stress from work and stress with the relationships and stress of the environment, you know, and things like that. Uh, and this animal. discusses specific, this picks up on specific feelings yeah. and, and measures that against the sample of your pet's fur. So that's, it's calibrated to measure those kinds of like feelings and emotions that a pet is experiencing. I would say it's pretty reality, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Emotions have tones. So the uh, frequent and those tones have frequencies just like a radio. So we've all heard annoying noises, mm-hmm. you know, fingernails down the chalkboard or that <laughs> that you know a warning signal on the radio yes and that it it aggravates the system because those are are not um you know tones that are healing tones they're actually aggravating tones yeah you know and we all know that that anger can cause stress to the liver and the liver can create disease or mm-hmm. imbalance and stress and stuff like that so Animals are going to pick up on that because they're used to reading the environment and adjusting to the environment. Mm-hmm. So it's in their nature. Uh, we have emotions. So a lot of the emotions get in the way of our instincts sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we're a lot more complex yeah. um, in terms of you know, em- emotional um, mechanics than animals are. Sure, sure. So that is an interesting part of the custom holistic test. And something, you know, like if your pet's experiencing those problems and you maybe say uh, trying new dog food, trying new scenario with exercise or something, and it's just getting like a stubborn fact that won't go away for your dog, you got to check the emotional level in the house or your dog's stress level. Definitely, because that's there, a blockage. You know, like if you look at a dog, are there, do they make any faces or give you any sign that they're stressed out or are they just kind of not? Most Just times it's uh, <laughs> most of the time it's a poker face, you know. Okay. Uh, but those pets that come in and, and automatically start panting during the exam and they're mm-hmm. pacing, um, you know, that's the litmus test for stress. I know that that you come into the vet office, it's going to be a little bit more exciting and stuff like that. But that's the best time to evaluate them under some pressure. Mm-hmm. Because at home, they get used to things, but you got that underlying problem sitting there just brewing. Oh, really? So it's a good litmus test when they come in that they're, if they start panting and pacing uh, and their weight is a little bit heavier, it automatically tells me we probably have a hormone issue, no endocrine problem. Mm-hmm. So we're usually testing Stress. for atypical Cushing's disease, um, uh, sometimes Cushing's, thyroid issues, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, and even the pancreas, the insulin levels. So our dog, Chorky, last night, she's over here and I don't want to disturb her because she had to have kind of an emergency surgery because remember she had that panis, which is like this dry eye and the eye eventually just kind of dies, right? Right. The circulation um, starts to go. If you don't have good circulation, then the lymphatics immune system is going to react to it and start to degrade the tissue. And unfortunately, uh, the cornea started to degrade enough that it was getting pretty thin, creating a little bubble in the center. Uh, she actually had a little ulcer there. So it was time. Um, we did a lot to try to save it. Um, but at the same time, it, it's, it is a progressive mm-hmm. condition. Yeah. And she, when we adopted her, I think she already had it. So, yeah. but anyway, so this morning, like the other dogs hadn't seen her yet. And we just said, we just maybe like three weeks ago, got a dog named Moose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's very cute and he's huge. He is a real moose. 
but he is very emotional and very tuned into what's going on in the house. And he took it really hard this morning when he saw her, she, I put her on the floor for a minute so they could sniff her and see what was going on. He was so upset. Like he is his little eyes and his whole expression changes when his, when he gets upset. Yeah. I think Jerky was kind of his little, little friend, little friend and mm-hmm. kind of his boss, you know, cause they, yeah. they would be the first two to come out to eat and, and he would be eating in the bowl and Sharky'd just come out and eat in his bowl and he'd yeah. move over. You know, <laughs> so she was her. in charge. You know. She was the baby yeah. and he would let her do what she wanted to. But yeah, yeah it was it, it was sweet. I mean, yeah. to see that he cared about her so much. Yeah, At they, least that's the way I took it. Yeah, in their way, they they do they do protect each other mm-hmm. in a yeah. certain way. And they think, well, you know, even the ones that fight with each other, uh, when it came down to it, they'd work as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we have four dogs. Jorky is, Turkey is just a little bit of an older dog. So her chubbiness, I think probably comes, she's just slightly chubby. Not, not much. Yeah. Um, Brandy is busy and running all the time. So she's never going to <laughs> probably have a weight problem. She's a border collie. Yeah. Um, we have Moosey now and he's very large and he also runs around all the time outside. Mm-hmm. No, he's having a great time. And then we have Benjo um, and Benjo got pretty hefty. Like to the point where I felt like his back was starting to suffer a little bit. And I kind of started to get worried about you know, like the knees and the, that kind of thing on a heavier dog. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as a golden retriever, maybe he just processes things differently than all of the other ones. Yeah. Like the other ones, they're not stressed out. You can tell, but he was very in tune to everything going on with everybody. So super fire friendly personality and, and that, that emotion's prone to anxiety mm-hmm. or oh, overjoy. Really? Okay. So or, different or dogs anxious. have different temperaments and personalities that mean. Yeah. No. Okay. So All you right. get the fire friendly and then um, I would say moose is probably more earthy, mm-hmm. uh, more laid back, um, less tense. Brandy is metal, mm-hmm. very conservative. You know, you, most of the herding breeds have that emotion. Mm-hmm. The Chihuahua would be like your water element, fearful. Okay. And then uh, your German Shepherd's most likely to be a wood personality, more competitive, in charge. Uh, oh, okay. You know, a great. And that emotion, that element is great for a working dog. Okay. They have to work. So if you don't yeah. let them work, they get, get, get pretty destructive. Yeah. So your pet's emotions, it's all kind of the whole thing has to be balanced. Um, it's not just emotions it's diet it's supplementation it's weight it's there's just so many things that go into having a healthy dog yeah it's a it's a process yeah you have to you have to be really in tune with that uh because certain foods can rev up the uh, Mm -hmm. immune system it can rev up the the anxiety level uh where other foods are more calming for that so there really is a science to that in terms of the right supplementation the right exercise level uh, but just being in tune with the dog and looking at those signs is that um, it's not just the way they are. You can actually adjust for that. So it doesn't turn into something more serious later. Okay. Um, so the American Pet Products Association, um, they have like conventions and stuff, uh, Global Pet Expo, although I think <laughs> things have been uh, pretty hard to get to in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. So these uh, totals are from um, last year. So it says uh, estimated spending in 2019 totaled almost $100 billion on your pet. 
So all the pets in the world combined, uh, they had a nice graphic that shows uh, what portion of that actually went to veterinary care. Actually, pet food and treats are the biggest um, portion of that $100 billion. So $36.9 billion people are spending on pet food and treats. Mm -hmm. That's actually a good thing, I think, because um, you want a high quality pet food. You do. And the least, you know, over time, we've noticed that there's a lot less, less and less processing. There's still uh, those dog foods that have mostly grain-based proteins out there. Uh, but you've really seen uh, a, a really geographic shift in the food industry and mm-hmm. having more meat-based protein. Um, and Options. Grain-free. You know. New things that are you know, added the additives and supplementation that's actually in the dog food. We just started carrying Mm -hmm. a new dog food called total. Um, and, uh, their supplementation is inside of the product. So it's supplemented, it's supplemented, sorry, with, um, like three or four strains of probiotics already in there. Mm -hmm. Um, lots of really good stuff. So it's interesting, like how much progress we're making. Yeah, I, it's good to see, and and that shows that the distribution is that you want to spend the most, invest the most in nutrition, yeah. because you are what you eat. As the old cliche says, same way with dogs and cats and horses. You know what you put into them is is they're going to process it, and that becomes part of them. The waste comes out, but the protein going in becomes part of their protein, their muscle, their yeah. immune system. You know, and if it's not, um, you know. It depends on how uh, the protein was raised. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that this morning. That like they're grass fed or corn right. fed or GMO fed. Right. Protein source. Protein source and how it's raised. It, it's going to become a bigger factor, I think, uh, it coming down in the future of dog foods. Is that and, and there's one particular dog food. Um, is it Nature's Logic or? Yeah. That actually track the farm where the where it came oh, from. Zewi does that. Zewi does that. Zewi okay. can track it to the animal. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. That, I mean, that's really important. I think that'll get that'll get bigger later on as well because uh, yeah, you know those preservatives that are in there um, do make a difference. Body has to process it, and it's unnatural. You know, um, you know the, the animals, uh, especially dogs and, and cats, carnivores are used to eating. You know, in their DNA raw food or at least least processed oh there's this whole revolution going on in the raw food like (laughs) the younger people like you know the millennials are where it's all at if you want to know what's going on in raw food so i am on some facebook page i don't know what it's called i think it's called like raw feeding or something i don't know just look for it you got to find it because they make these meals that are absolutely insane like you you know it just says like like I'm not a millennial, obviously I'm older than that, but these people and the younger ones have it all down. Like yesterday's meal that they made for their dog was like, they're making like these little yogurt probiotic, little freeze frozen paws with blueberries in them. And then they're stacking it with like a squirrel or an actual whole squirrel, you know, um, wow. pig uterus, uh, they, they just have everything. And I mean, at first you're just like, oh, I can't see this. And now I can't wait to see what they're putting in next. It's so interesting. I mean, they they really got the idea of primal down. You know, oh, for yeah. Sure. yeah I mean, that's about sure. as primal as you're going to get. And, 
but uh, but they the the right concept now. If you look at that meal, you know, the, the average pet owner is not going to do that. No, you know, it's a lot of discipline and and, and a lot of study. Obviously, they've studied this and you, to get the right ingredients. These people that. are one hundred and fifty percent committed. They are. They're, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And you but, can buy this stuff. Apparently, you can buy like frozen whole animals, like chicken and like baby chickens, um, quail. Uh, well, the squirrel obviously came from somewhere. I don't really know where, but I think they're from, I think these frozen animals, like they're, they're keeping them in their freezer and then they put them in the dog dish. I think they're coming from like rodent, uh, websites where, Mm -hmm. you know, people want to feed their snakes and stuff. So I think that's where they're getting them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely whole food. I mean, that's, they're, uh, there's no preservatives in them for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there aren't. And they say their dogs are doing fantastic on them. Just watch the cleanup. Yeah. Cleanup's important on that one. For sure. Um, okay. So uh, of all the pet spending in the U.S., 29.3 to veterinary care and products. And that's, I think that's reasonable. I mean, yeah. we could do more. I think in the, you know, I, I'd like to see it, you know, 50-50, something like that, where you're, because veterinary care and keeping the pet healthy and putting the proper fuel and nutrition in um, a few of the lifestyle things are important for their mental health. Like the, the, the you know, the tools that you use for exercise, um, you know, ball play and stuff like that, I think are still important, but. Mm-hmm. but know, I think, um, I think maybe veterinarians could educate themselves a little bit more. Yeah. I think and so. Maybe not be so uh, stick in the mud to some of the ideas that are coming up. Yeah, there's still some traditionalists out there that that believe, you know, it, I think it's more just I'm, I don't want to educate myself in that realm mm-hmm. of holistic care, but it really is true medicine, you yeah. know, because you're studying the animal, it's individual medicine. Um, the traditional medicine is great. It's it, I think it's more for the emergency situation and in a general preventive care program. But I think we could take it a step further um, in terms of functional medicine. That's what I really, uh, the field that I'm in is to find what the best fit is, even if it's some traditional and holistic, sometimes all holistic. It really depends on the best mm-hmm. tool for the for the pet. Yeah. Anyway, so then there's also the, to round out the $100 billion being spent on animals, um, is 19.2 is pet supplies, live animals, over-the-counter medicine and apparently live animal sales went down quite a bit. And then the other services is about 10 billion. I would assume that would be like grooming must, yeah, stuff like that, you know, so. so that must be the other services committee there. So anyway, um, lots of money being spent on pets. They're so worth it. Don't you think? I love them. I have so much fun with mine. Um, we're going to take a little break. So now that we've gone over the exercise, uh, the hormones and all the things that go into you know, your healthy animal this morning, we're going to talk about a few cool supplements to improve immunity. And then we're going to talk about this thing right here. I posted this to my Facebook yesterday and everyone was like, that's super gross. What is it? I can't stop looking at it. (laughs) And um, I'll tell you what that is uh, when we come back in just a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something unexplained that is missing in your life, You'll want to tune in to Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we do have a Facebook group. It's called Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. (laughs) I had to say it again. (laughs) And um, we have a lot of really cool people on there, and they're all starting to help each other out. It's so much fun. And you can get some advice on there. So our first question from our group today is from Lala. And um, this actually has come up a couple of different times in the group. So there's a test out there called the SDMA. And this is a test that measures early kidney function, like early kidney problem issues, right? Am I saying that right? Absolutely, yep. Okay, so fill us in on SDMA. Well, what it does is, uh, as you mentioned, it's an early way of detecting kidney problems because by the time a kidney issue shows up in the blood work, uh, roughly 80% of the kidney could be affected, may, okay. may be permanent, may not be, depending on the age of the pet and how long the problem's been going on and if there's other symptoms. But SDMA is a great way to screen, or if the symptoms are there, but the blood work hasn't caught up with the disease, then 
it's a great way to test for sure, especially if they're having urinary issues, you know, thirst and urination issues. So what do you mean the blood work hasn't caught up with the disease? Well, it is in order to see change, 80% of the kidney has to be affected. Oh, really? But sometimes... Even in regular blood work? Even in regular blood so work. So that's pretty late. That's pretty late in the in the process. So wow. the SDMA is there as an early screen for pets that are reaching the senior year, so 10 plus years of age uh, for cats and dogs that you can test for early kidney disease wow. and intervene sooner with nutrition or supplementation. Uh, because blood work is really important, but it there's, there's limitations in what we can see on that basic panel. So BUN mm -hmm. and creatinine are, are measurements for kidney issues. But most of the time, you know, it could be at 75% and still not show up on the blood. Work. So you could have 75% kidney function. So your kidney function could be, well, I mean, your animal's kidney function could be a quarter of the way down. Well, it could be 75% dysfunction. 25% oh function before it could show up. So, oh. it, so it's, it's a way of being proactive as part of the preventive care program is that you can start screening them at an earlier age. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when you're talking um, senior wellness blood work, there is a reason for that and it's important. And now you've got something that's really good. You've got something really great here. Right. Then they can, you can see early detection along with the urine protein to creatinine ratio uh, UPC ratio will measure uh, the dysfunction of how much protein is going out of the kidney. Sometimes you'll see protein in the urine and that's just normal, maybe inflammatory protein or, or just uh, waste products. But the urine protein creatinine ratio tells you of the blood flow going through the kidney, how much protein is actually being lost through the kidney. And then you can run the SDMA or both or just one. Uh, and determine, okay, is that early kidney disease or is that just a temporary issue? So you really? can be more customized and oh. how you do it. Oh, wow. So what would, what's a sign of a kidney disease? Like, how do you know early on? Is there anything like I would see at home? Early kidney disease is virtually undetectable mm. because the kidney is so adaptable. I mean, when you can run on 20% of your kidney, that's pretty good mm. before signs start showing up. So even 50% of the kidney is pretty remarkable. So it's pretty resilient. It makes these little super filters um, and it's able to adapt very, very well. But over time, as, as we start to get more and more uh, filter loss, the kidney, uh, you know, that 20% has to get bigger to try to keep up. But if you can detect it earlier as a screen, then you can make adjustments just in nutrition versus later on when they're in a more advanced stage of kidney disease, mm -hmm. that's when you'll start to see symptoms. So if it's, if the BUN is say 50 to 75, mm -hmm. uh, most pets may be drinking a little bit of extra water, there. maybe a light urination mm -hmm. increase, um, 75 to hundred, definitely going to see some changes, mm -hmm. increased thirst, urination, maybe affecting appetite. When you get over 100, you start to see uh, the major side effects of uh, high uh, BUN, which is azotemia. Now, BUN is a toxin, uh, and they become intoxicated the higher the level goes. Oh, so really? when you get up in those higher numbers and can smell the, uh, it almost smells like urine breath. Yeah. It means I smell that. they're really pickled. 
Oh. You know, and it, so it's not painful. Oh. They're actually intoxicated. So it affects the mood. It affects the appetite. Affects sleep wake cycle. Oh, it's going to be everything. Everything. Oh, really? So those oh, are the different wow. stages. But early on, virtually impossible to tell. Is there anything that you can do, like to prevent any of that stuff from happening, or is it just part of getting older? Well, it's part of the aging process for sure. Um, it seems like, especially in cats, when you get over 13 years of age, between kidney and thyroid, you're going to see kidneys. Uh, at least in my opinion, probably a 60-40 ratio of kidney to hyperthyroidism. Really? Uh, in dogs, um, I would say less so, but at the same time, it is a senior dog problem. Um, there is one disease in young dogs uh, called leptospirosis. That's a mm -hmm. bacteria they get from, uh, you know, exchanging water, uh, a, a community water area with wildlife uh, that can also affect the kidneys and the liver. But uh, far and away, it's an, it's an old dog problem. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I think I just saw something yesterday about lepto and they're going to try to make it a one shot uh, instead of, you know, they have to come in for one and a booster. If you're mm. getting a lepto shot, a lot of people around here do qualify for lepto. Like we don't do our vaccines just saying here, I'm giving your dog everything. We do them based on, you know, customized like lifestyle and stuff like that. So the lepto, if you need it, um, just don't be afraid of having to get that vaccine because obviously the disease is worse. Disease way worse. Um, very life. It does happen. And it happens. Yeah. The weird part that I think, you know, is that like we live in the country. So I'm figuring we're going to get every disease. Our dogs are going to have everything. Mm -hmm. But um, this was happening in suburban Buffalo Grove, mm -hmm. um, it, case after case of leptospirosis. So it's that's not a fun one. People get lepto too. Yeah. It can be, it's one of those zoonotic diseases we can get from the pets. You don't want that. Through the oh, urine. You don't want it. And uh, the other one is Lyme. Uh, Lyme disease uh, can affect the kidneys. I had a yeah. severe case here uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, the, the pet was exposed to Lyme, but it showed up as a kidney problem. And mm -hmm. we tested for Lyme and it was Lyme positive. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. And it's, yeah. so there's other younger dog issues with the kidneys, but far and away, um, the best time to screen for that is you could do SDMA starting at seven years of age, part of your preventive blood work program. Yeah. And, uh, and if we see some early issues, then we can run a UPC ratio and see what, what does that exactly mean? Because mm -hmm. the UPC ratio is the performance of the kidney. Okay. And uh, the SDMA is an early screen to say, is a, is a kidney? How are we doing here? Yeah, how are we doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, Lala, I hope that that helps. Like, And there was another person, too, in our group. So, you guys, I hope that helps you understand what SDMA is and why it's important. And, you know, for anyone else out there listening, if you can have that test done to your senior pet, it might not be the bad, a bad idea. No. It's, you it's, know, if your vet suggests that as an add-on, do it. You can never prevent too much. And I, I've said that to clients uh, over and over again, is that, you know, invest in preventive care. It's, you can always budget it. It's predictable. I have to have my pet's SDMA test in the spring, for example. But when disease strikes, it's so unpredictable mm -hmm. uh, and it can mean the life of your pet for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, even last night with Chucky's eye, I mean, we know the eye needed to come out for a while, but somebody didn't want to take it out because he felt bad. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Really. It's hard when it's your own dog yeah. to have to take, take her eye out or a couple of, a few weeks ago, we unfortunately had to put one of our dogs down and you had to do that too. So yeah. I know that was tough for you. Mostly, uh, yeah, it's it's really emotional. And 
it's emotional to euthanize anyway, but then when it's your own, it it's, it's a different feeling for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, but Turkey, I think is going to do fine now with her little poor baby eye. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess she's going to need a little eye patch or something. Yeah. It'll be a character for her. I mean, in terms I've of seen a lot of small dogs actually end up like that with, with a missing eye, having had yeah. their eye removed. So. And, and it's, um, it, it, I guess it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a way of identification, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. we know it's turkey. We know it's you, turkey. You know, yeah. we hate to, you know, you always hate to have major surgery and stuff like that. Turkey but wears the pants in the family. She, she, she might does. be six or eight pounds, but she runs the show. Yeah, she does for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, we're talking a little bit about preventing big things from coming up mm-hmm. um, and immunity as well. So, and there's kind of, okay, so let me just backtrack a little. There's kind of this big thing right now about don't give your dog heartworm medication because it's quote unquote toxic. It's going to kill your dog over time. It's terrible. You don't need it. So, well, I had, um, I got one of these light boxes yesterday because um, I, a number one, love junking. And then I was going to sell some of my junk because I have too much. (laughs) So I didn't get one of those light boxes and take some nice pictures of all my junk. And so the first thing I took a picture of was this specimen and this is a, well, you can describe it for everybody, Jim. Well, this is a canine heart that uh, was infected with heartworms. So all these, and I don't know if you can see that, um, you can't see here. it on radio, but at the same time. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, a large heart. Um, it was actually removed at Riverside Animal Clinic by the former owner of the practice. He was kind enough to, uh, kind enough to leave this specimen as an educational specimen and um, you can see these little uh, spaghetti noodle but very thin worms coming out and they're really long like I mean how long is that some of them are eight inches yeah maybe more up to eight to 12 inches and all wrapped around like a like a a, what they call a rat's nest just and um, yes all through the heart all through the heart and that's on the right side of the heart the left side of the heart surprisingly never gets infected with heartworm because the blood pressure is too fast for them oh really so it's like a fish in an eddy i was kind of wondering that when i yeah. when i looked at this at this particular heart i'm like they're not coming out over here why are they all over there yeah. so that's why because the, the right side of the heart's very low blood pressure so they can gain a foothold now imagine that these worms started off something microscopic that you can't even see called microfilaria. Okay. Okay. Now imagine how small that worm has to be to fit inside a mosquito. Okay. Because the mosquitoes are the transmitter of heartworm disease. Mm -hmm. So they have to feed on an animal that has heartworm and then feed on another that doesn't and they Mm -hmm. inoculate the the, the naive animal that doesn't have heartworm and give them heartworm. Now, imagine that little tiny worm in there. How long does it take for that to become that worm? You know, it can take six, uh, at least six months, usually up to a year, year and a half. And it's a silent problem. It's a silent killer. Nobody even knows. This poor dog here obviously met its demise because by the time they saw the issue, it was too late. Uh I mean, there are life-saving methods to try to go in and do heart surgery to try to pull them out of there. Mm-hmm. But the heart has been damaged. You know, it's, there's no return on that. So this would be called a stage three heartworm disease. Okay. Um, there's a stage one and a stage two. 
stage one heartburn disease with virtually no symptoms, no heart change, and you find microfilaria. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stage two is that you might see uh, a little bit of heart change, but no symptoms, and you see microfilaria. Um, stage three is this. I mean, you're going to, you, you've got full-blown heart disease, you've got a very weak animal, and you've got a, a heart loaded with these worms. Yeah, it's, it's an it's absolutely horrible condition. It's very creepy, you know, and to think that, you know, this is why we use prevention. And the argument is, well, I, I don't want to put toxins in my body, but the alternative is worse. This is right. the alternative. Right. And there are... I mean, are, why are the medications, like, why do people think they're toxic? Is it just because it's just some unnatural thing going in the body or is there a real issue? I mean, there are side effects to any medication. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, truth be known that most of the side effects that occurs uh, in dogs from either heartworm prevention or flea and tick prevention is that the pet wasn't well in the first place. Okay. Because um, they, you're not supposed to apply these products to sick animals. If they have a disease or they're going through inflammation, you don't want to give them heartworm protection at that time. You want to make sure that they're healthy and then give it to them. The um, pets that are more susceptible to parasitism mm-hmm. uh are you think about these little insects like fleas and ticks and mosquitoes they're predators yeah so they're seeking out the weakest animal right they're right. not going to go to the healthiest one because they there's their fur is healthy their skin is healthy they can't find a blood supply right. so they're not going to go after them but sick animals uh technically probably give off a form a type of pheromone that these insects can pick up on as well right um so they're always going to go to the weak animal the uh, so always uh, that is a ploy uh, for preventive care and it's health really care not management. All, like anybody can have a bad day and get bit by a mosquito though. Right. We can get exposed to them too. We don't, Yeah. you know, we get bit by mosquitoes all the time. All the time. And I say that we get exposed to heartworm, but our immune system is set up. So it, the environment isn't healthy for that heartworm to take sure. off, you know, and healthy pets, the environment's not healthy for that heart wound to take off. So having a good immune response is number one. Good immune response. Uh, health is and prevention. Yeah, for sure. And health is not static. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always ebbing and flowing. So we say, well, uh, you know, if you have a healthy animal, what's technically healthy? How do you measure that? You really mm-hmm. can't, you know, right, so, right. you know, the, if this is the alternative. So that's why you need prevention. It's because you can't measure. You need prevention. and You, you can't measure your pet's immunity. <laughs> right. You can always detox them. But um, so I'm, I'm a proponent of heartworm prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be a proponent of natural heartworm prevention, but the natural products are not FDA approved. So you don't know how much to give them. Mm-hmm. Like HeartGuard, for example, or IverHeart. This has been studied to know that this exact dose is what's going to prevent it. And they guarantee it, mm-hmm. you see. But the natural products are not proven. So we don't know because there's yeah. no research behind it to yeah. say this is the exact amount. So you're kind of leaving yourself open there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as the products become more testable, uh, I would vie for a natural product hands any down day any day of the week. But so, I, the alternative is worse. But I mean, some of these medications have actually been used on humans. Exactly. I mean, Ivermectin has been is- used for years. Is you know, used on people and, if you need yeah. a dewormer. I mean, some of us may once right. have needed a dewormer. 
Right. For sure. And, and, like maybe me. <laughs> well, it happened. Yeah. I mean, it's. I kiss a lot of time. animals. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and um, if the prevention of every prevention that's studied, there's no lethal dose. Mm-hmm. It's called an LD50. And, and then studies, you know, at, at how, how high a level of drug would it take for 50% of that population to, to die from the, the toxin. Mm-hmm. And there isn't one. And they've given these it, in, in tests, and they do have to test on animals, at 10 to 15 times the dosage and no side effect. Okay. Maybe some diarrhea, a uh, little Doppler, our, our small terrier, eight blanches, you know, six of her large heart guard. And, and it was oh, in the car did. and he ate it. And, oh, he did? I and he didn't that. have any issues. Yeah, he was totally fine. He didn't even have diarrhea. So it, like I say, the alternative is worse. It, it's, it's better to make sure your pet is healthy, mm-hmm. make sure they're doing really well. At the same time, uh, use the preventives as a, a safety device for insurance to make sure your pet doesn't get sick. All right. But if you're looking at immunity issues, so... Just keeping a really strong immune system at any age. We have a few products I'm just going to tell you about because we do use them here. So we like our tried and true things. <laughs> so we sell those in our pet store here at Riverside Animal Clinic. So this one is Support Immunity. It is by Herbsmith. And um, you can use like it's a tablet. So you can just throw it in your pet's food. Hopefully they'll just eat that or you know, put it in a favorite tree to pill hole, something like that. Mm-hmm. Healthy immune system, especially important during times of stress, exposure to illness and following an illness. So this is probably something that I would consider putting Chorky on right. um, because she's just had surgery. So that's part of the surgery recovery is just trying to stay healthy. Astragalus and uh, cordonopsis root. That's what's in this. Um, so it is, you know, just an extra measure also really like these products by Canine Matrix. We just go through them like candy corn here. Um, it's the Healthy Pet Daily Immune Support. I think this one is a really, really nice product as well. Definitely something to think about for the baby here. Um, all kinds of organic mushrooms. They put a lot of research into the extra um, items as well that go into this. So nice um, product to just maintain or advance like immunity. Right. As I mentioned, the break too, um, that any time the pet's going to be under stress. So this time of year, perfect example, the pets are indoors. Uh, they're not exercising as much. It's a great time to have immune support. As you mentioned, surgery, great point there. Mm-hmm. Uh, post-surgery to have a recovery, support the immune system, help with healing. Um, it's another delivery because as if, if the pets aren't feeling well and they've had surgery, maybe they're not eating their dog food as much. So they're not getting as much nutrition that way or supplementation can still mm-hmm. be delivered. Micronutrients are the most important. Or your house is like you're super stressed out in your house um, right now. I mean, who isn't over COVID? Right. I mean, it's created so many issues and, you know, people staying home and, you know, like all the stuff. So right. um, this is actually certified 100% organic medical grade mushroom different kinds of mushrooms that go into the canine matrix products. Um, both of these products, um, the Herbsmith is NASC certified, which is a great certification to have. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of supplements don't have that. So you need to be looking for that on the label. Um, that means they have a lot of different things going in there. Um, 
into that product, a lot of testing, and they have to prove that this has some value. So the NASC certification is a big one. Mm-hmm. We've actually had those people on our show before. Bill Bookout is his name. Um, so anyway, that uh, both of them are about $35 to $40. But I think they're going to last you a long time, especially if you have a little dog. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to last powdered a stuff, I, I feel like you don't really need that much of a lot of the powdered stuff that we carry. No, you can titrate yeah. it to 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 just adding a little bit every day for maintenance. And then if you have a cat, and now cats are a little bit, you know, tougher to treat for things. Cats don't like to take pills. They're more dangerous to pill because they have those long, sharp teeth, um, all of that. So, you know, if you guys have a cat that's like that, there is this really cute new product called Calm Down Kitty. It's CBD and probiotic. Remember, the gut is 80% of your immunity. Absolutely. So um, Calm Down Kitty uh, chicken pot pie flavored. It's from Meow Biotics, which I think is like so cute. But this is something that might actually help your animal too. So always proponent of probiotics and um, a little bit of CBD. Great stuff. CBD does, it's it's virtually can be used for any disease process. You know, it's a standalone therapy. Um, and sometimes that's all you need. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you catch the problem early or you just need a supplement there, um, it's going to be there and it's going to be a great adjunct to, if they do need treatment and do need medicine, it's going to greatly cut down on them, mm-hmm. on the yeah. dependency on it. Yeah. So our group again is Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson and it's on Facebook. Um, I did want to tell one of our members, uh, Christine, we're really, really sorry about the loss of your dog, Romeo. I know he was so important to your family and, you know, you raised your kids with Romeo and everything and just an absolutely beautiful standard poodle. And it was just, uh, it was a hard road for you to go. So I'm sorry to hear that that happened, um, that he has passed. But anyway, um, we hope to see you um, on our Facebook group and, um, Dr. Jim and Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Thanks again for watching, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson, again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend. 